Welcome to the Love That For Us podcast. Come hang out with us as we explore a holistic approach to entrepreneurship, wellness, and navigating relationships in adulthood. We'll be getting vulnerable about life and dishing the business expertise we've learned along the way. Interviewing industry professionals, all while you get your weekly dose of girl talk and heart to hearts. We're your hosts, Carissa Emiko and Ashton Brooke. And this is the Love That For Us podcast. Feel like I can't podcast today, but I'm here. <laughs> she showed up anyways. I'm like, how do I do this again? <laughs> That's why how are I you feel. feeling funky? Mm, no reason. Okay. Maybe I'm resisting the topic of burnout, and I'm like avoiding <sighs> it, and I want to run away. Maybe do you that's think what's so? going on. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't wow. want to talk. About, I don't want to talk about this shit. Your brain I is like, resist, I haven't fixed resist. it yet. I haven't fixed it yet. So it's like, that's okay. That will make you very um, relatable. Great. I'll be relatable. You'll be the expert. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm an expert, but yeah, yeah. I'm an expert on having burnout. Let me tell you. Let me teach you how to have burnout. I could do that real easy. (laughs) If you thought to yourself, why do these girls have any authority in this subject? Carissa. Chris is our authority. It's because I am the burnout queen. Huh. My whole life, really. But today we're talking about burnout and boundaries, to my dismay. And it's going to be fine. I'm sure I'll get some nuggets of wisdom that just sprout out from from my inner soul. Totally. Um, okay. Catch us up. What's your life happening? What's, what's going on? Um, not a whole lot, but we are in the middle of January and I'm also in the middle of a blizzard. Like it's the most gnarly outside I've ever seen. You're literally in a Hallmark movie. Like every time we FaceTime, it's just like so beautiful. It's so magical. Yeah. We, but we lost a giant tree in our backyard and it's like, okay, well, it's not fun and our pipes are freezing, but all that aside, it's super Oh beautiful. yeah, your pipes are freezing. Did um did the other ones freeze? I don't even like know what that like means. Yeah, like some are not frozen, but like my sink in our bathroom doesn't turn on. But, but. wills the sink in your bathroom turns on? Mm-hmm. Things I do not understand as a Southern California girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of freeze though, I am doing a spending freeze and oh, yeah. I'm halfway through that. So how's uh, it been yeah. going? Am I halfway? I'm pretty close to halfway. How's uh, it been so going? I'm, I would say really, really good. I think it's getting a little bit harder the longer it's going, but I'm not spending anything like literally $0 on anything materialistic. So mostly my goal is like not buying any clothes, but I'm also like not buying anything like skincare or like makeup related or wow, like just like random stuff on Amazon. That's not true. I did buy a cover for my Kindle, but that felt kind of needed. Yeah. And I mean, Kindle needs protection. Yeah. 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 You're like, I need, I would buy, I need this. Like I need this. Cover. Yeah. I'm not like just online shopping and like <laughs> purchase that for no right. reason. Um, but it's going well. A lot of people on Instagram said they were joining me and they're holding strong and it does feel better to do it with people. Um, so yeah, I am excited to see next month if I'm going to like keep doing it or just like 
put a couple exceptions in there. Like I might, I might change it to like thrifting only. I don't know. Yeah. I tried to go to a thrift store yesterday and you inspired me. Like I was like, oh, I'm kind of doing a spending freeze too. Kind of. It's like a non-committal spending freeze, but yeah. I went to a thrift store and I was like, this is hard. Like, I just don't enjoy thrifting like people enjoy thrifting. I used to, but just like, I don't know. Thrifting's hard for me. Yeah, I get that. It's. I don't think I have good thrift stores by me either, but Hmm. um, did you... You should ask people on Instagram to tell you where they are. What um, prompted your spending freeze? Honestly, just, (laughs) well... The world knows now that I'm quitting photography, so that's <laughs> that's part of it. I don't have the same income. Um, I think just coming off of like Christmas and Black Friday, where you just like spend, I I, I like do anyways, like hyper consumerism, where you're yeah, just like, like I bought stuff bye, for bye, myself bye. and gifts for other people, and it's just like then we hosted like a New Year's party, just like money everywhere. So just reining it in felt like the right thing to do, also because our word of the year's discipline. I'm just like, okay, well, that's a disciplined thing to do is not spend money on things that you genuinely don't need. And yeah. we're going on a trip this week. Like you and I are going to see each other in Nashville. And that is hard. When I go on trips, I feel the need to like, I know, I know. I'm curious to be with you this week when we're like passing cute Nashville no, boutiques. No, it's going to be really painful. I'm going in them and you're going in them too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell I, I do love window shopping still like okay but I that will really put me to the test because when I'm around you I spend more money like you uh, bring out the spender tell me, me that shoot that's not the first time I've heard that why is that here's because I'm a shopaholic but <laughs> I just have okay I just have a relationship with my like this is my whole life I have been like this like make lot spend lot like it's mm-hmm. just like let's make a ton of money let's spend a ton of money that needs to shift though like it's a circle of life for you oh my gosh finances. I just listened to this Ed Milet uh podcast it was like a couple ago about I think like how to be not how to make how to find wealth in 2024 something like that like all about money and it kicked my ass it was literally such a good podcast anybody that needs like a money ask mm. whooping go listen to that Ed Milet podcast is Nova barking? No. Oh, okay. We're fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just, I need to do a spending freeze as well. But I have been like, I guess your spending freeze has not put me into a spending freeze, but it has brought light to like, I'm thinking a lot more before I buy things. I'm kind yeah. of like listening to that money podcast and like, all right, I need to. You're being influenced in a positive way. I'm being influenced in a positive way by your spending freeze. The other thing I thought of is like, okay, if we are in Nashville and we go shopping and I cannot stop thinking about something, I You're will... not going to be like a stickler to yourself. Mm-mm, I'm going to try. But my, oh. my point is because I'm such an impulsive person, if I'm still thinking about that item a week later when I'm home and they have it available online, like then I can come back to it. Or if it's available in February, I guess, when my freeze is over, I can go back to it and buy it online. But I think that's one of the things people implement when they're trying to not impulsively buy materialistic things. It's like, if I think about it for the next 24 hours, I still want it. Like they make themselves pause and wait and then they come back. Like that's 
Yeah. I, think I love doing that when I shop. I have started to do that. Like I am tired of having a giant closet of things that are like F this, like I never wear it or whatever, yeah. you know? Um, cool. Well, speaking of Nashville, uh, I don't know how to dress for Nashville. And so that's my current dilemma in my life is like, literally, how do you dress for snow? Am I going to slip in the shoes I have? Do I need a <laughs> scarf? Like I have one pair of mittens that are like in the back of my sock drawer. Like, I just don't, I don't know how to do snow. Yeah, I see 15 degrees and I'm like, literally, what does that look like outfit wise? Help. It's going to be interesting to see you in that. Cause I've, I've never really been in the cold <laughs> with you <laughs> in my unnatural habitat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I live in Southern California where it's never below 60, never above 85. And I'm a weather baby and like I just can't do weather well. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. We're packing together today maybe on FaceTime later. So yeah, we'll pack together and and I'll I'll be an emotional support for you in Nashville as well. Yay. All right, guys. Today we're talking about burnout and boundaries and just how to honestly avoid burnout. Like what is burnout? Kind of our burnout stories um, and then ways to avoid burnout that we've kind of learned along the way. Yeah. Ash, what's your experience with burnout? Um, well, my first introduction to burnout was within photography. Um, I was thinking about that like first time I felt it and my actual first in, like anxiety attack was me looking at my calendar in 2017, which feels very, very early on. So I don't know if I would call it burnout, but I would call it calendar burnout. Like I filled, I was doing like family mini sessions and <laughs> like normal sessions and engagement stuff, all that. And I remember just being like, I have every day of November booked like not one space to breathe and I started feeling like anxiety and like that was my first time being like oh whoa my body is definitely letting me know that it is yeah. unhappy with um what's in the future and like just the amount of workload that's attached to that so um I would say with like speeding up in my career, fast forwarding to like 2018 and 2019, just feeling this like burnout of saying yes to everything and yeah. agreeing to everything and being willing to say yes to like things that I was like, I'm not even passionate about this. Like I did family photos way too long. And, um, and that just led to me feeling like un very, very uninspired in my job and like kind of resentful and, um, so there's definitely like seasons that are higher and lower for me that I look back on and I'm like, I can see why I was burned out and most of it had to do with scheduling and just over committing and not having boundaries in place. Um, but I feel like I've been burnout free for a good while now, as far as like my calendar goes. Um, other burnout would just be like feeling really, really uninspired and like lethargic and like trying to show up and like market myself and like sales and all of that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my journey. Nothing like super, super intense, but I definitely had seasons where I was just like, I'm exhausted. I don't feel like I'm showing up for my people right now. And it just was like business was number one instead of like, yeah, lower on the list. What about you? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't have like one burnout season. I don't think that like stands out, but that's just been a pattern of mine. I'm not, I shit you not, like since I've been 12. Like I find, I have the ADHD. I'm pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADHD. One of the things that I keep seeing in a trendy way about ADHD, there's like all the reels about ADHD now and stuff, TikToks. Like it's these hyper focus on hobbies and you spend like a million dollars on everything you need for that hobby. And then you do it for a little bit and then you drop it. That's me, except I turn it into a business. So like Mm -hmm. literally every single time I'm just like, I am going to be a calligrapher and turn that into a business and start an Etsy shop. I'm going to like my first business where I was actually making a substantial amount of money for an 11, 12 year old was hand stamped cards it was like a whole thing to stamp and create like greeting cards and I would sell them at these parties where my aunt would sell her jewelry that she made and I would make like hundreds of dollars which is a lot of money for a little tiny kid but I would like not plan well I mean I'm 12 so give me a break but I would not plan well and I would just like spend all this time staying up like super late like this started so early in my life staying up super late the night before the party getting everything ready and it's just always been this hyper focus on something and a lot of where my burnout comes from is not pacing myself and thinking that I need to do everything quickly and perfect and more impressive we've talked about like my need to be impressive and like where that comes from. Well, we haven't talked about where that comes from, but that's a lot of what I'm working through in therapy right now. And so to me, I think also like speed is impressive. Like, oh my God, she did that mm-hmm. so much quicker than everybody. Like that started at a really young age for me. Um, So that also leads to burnout because I'm not, I'm not pacing myself. I'm like, let's do this as best as I can, as quick as I can, as impressive as I can, which obviously like a body can only handle so much. And I am like a serial entrepreneurial burnout person. Like I'll just like go into this, give it my all, give it too much of my all burnout onto the next, give it my all. And so that's something Honestly, this year has been the first real time that I have stopped to actually change those habits, which is really, really difficult. Um, I know that I've been a burnout person, but I've never really done anything about it action-wise. And so even like switching network marketing companies, it was a very big, like, I am not going to burn out again. Like, Mm -hmm. I am determined to still do this really well and get to the top of the company. Like that is a desire of mine, but I don't need to do it like, you know, super speedy or stress myself out. Like I'm allowed to go slow. Yeah. And if somebody else is going faster than me, I don't need to match their speed. Mm -hmm. I don't need to match their speed. I don't need to do it like they're doing it. So this is really the first time that I've started to in action change my relationship with burnout and it's tough I will tell you it is tough what's tough about it um letting go of it's the it's that impressive piece so it's Mm -hmm. like and I think because so much of my identity in my life has been in my work it's finding who I am outside of that is Mm -hmm. another thing that I'm trying to do. It's like, okay, who am I without these things? 
Yeah. Um, what is my personality? Like, what do I like? What's, what are my hobbies? What, you know, like when I'm so hyper-focused on work that leads to burnout, I, I lose myself in that process. But I think that's what's scary and tough about it is it's like, okay, if I'm resting, if I'm doing all these things that, you know, take me back a step away from work, what is my life without that? Like, that's kind of a scary, scary question to me. Yeah. Um, So like you've kind of been in a feedback loop where it's like, well, I work really hard and I work really fast and then that makes me feel good and accomplished and then mm-hmm. I burn out, but I'm, I keep doing that to like keep getting those. I don't know. Is it like a dopamine hit when you're like super, I mean, uh, it's it gotta be like, hit. I mean, that's a part of the ADHD part as well of like this big, like new thing. And then, it, then you get bored and you're like done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I literally just threw away. <laughs> this like giant bag of leather scraps and metal with like all the tools you need to like leather stamp things like wow. metal hammers and cutters and like board like all this stuff and I'm just like I've just had that in my life like these bags and bags of things that are I don't use anymore yeah <laughs> good job thanks I'm tossing it um yeah I think I think w- the biggest thing when I see people burn out is like, and this is why we're pairing it together is it's a lack of boundaries. Um, boundaries are such a hard thing to do when you're self-employed and when you're the one man band running the whole show of your business. And so boundaries can feel like sometimes threatening. They can feel threatening to your ego. They can feel threatening to your finances. Um, and I guess we want to just have a conversation more about like why boundaries are not obviously like they're not the enemy and they're, they're there to serve you and, um, provide hopefully a path forward where burnout isn't like this constant loop that you're in when you're running your business and you're going hard and then you burn out and then you pick yourself back up and you go really hard and you burn out. And it's like, how can you create a business that operates out of peace and boundaries and like not that fear of time and not that um, urgency that I think you and I both have operated out of a lot in our life instead of like, you said it really nicely. You're like, if someone else does something faster or gets somewhere sooner than me, like that's okay. And it doesn't mean anything. Like I'm going to work from this pace that actually supports even my body, like a physiological level. Yeah. Um, those boundaries are so important. And I think that's why burnout is so, so common. I, I know we're not talking only to entrepreneurs on this podcast, but, um, a lot of us who put this immense pressure or like we set super high goals, like sometimes it's just too much. And it's like, you can yeah. take a step back and your goals should actually support your boundaries and vice versa. Like they kind of have to work together. Otherwise, burnout's just going to be inevitable. Right. And it's going to keep, it's just going to keep happening until you make those changes. Like it's not, for me, that burnout cycle, it's like, okay, I've burned out on that thing. Well, I'm going to go on to the next thing, but I'm actually not going to change how I'm doing it. You're just going to burn out again. And it's the way you're approaching work. It might not even be work. It might be a relationship or a health journey you're on, anything like that. You can totally burn out on a health journey too. It's like anything that you are giving your energy to 
we don't have unlimited energy. Our energy is sacred. And if you're giving unlimited energy to something, you're going to burn out because you don't have unlimited energy. You're a yeah. human. And so that's something um, that that's a huge part of my process this year of learning how to say no and learning to listen to my body. Something we coached a lot in when we did photography workshops was um, proactive self-care as opposed to reactive self-care and the boundaries that you set like boundaries are self-care right like that's you're you really are taking care of yourself when you set those boundaries and when you burn out you're go 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 you burn out and then you are forced to listen to your body because Mm -hmm. you weren't listening to it before you get sick you 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 physiologically, like you're saying, get sick, you're exhausted, you all these things. And you have to face that. Your body comes to a breaking point and burnout emotionally and physiologically where you just like can't keep going. Yeah. And that's reactive self-care. You've taken yourself to this point where now you have to take care of yourself because you have no other option as opposed to proactive self-care before the burnout happens, you're taking your care of yourself so that the burnout actually never happens. And that's so important because with what self-care is, like you think, okay, I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to put a face mask on. I'm like putting cucumbers over my eyes and putting on a show. Like self-care looks actually so different than that most of the time. Mm Self-care looks like someone asking you to go get coffee and you like actually pausing and taking a second to check in with how much energy you have to give that day and being like, shoot, I really want to go and I love you so much, but actually I just, I don't have that to give today. Mm-hmm. That's, that's proactive self-care, not just like giving endless amounts of yourselves to friendships, relationships, work so that you never actually get to that, that point. Yeah. And I think like boundaries equal, like sustained energy, like sustainable energy Mm -hmm. in your business where it's not such a like whiplash of back and forth. And you talked about getting sick. It's like people are probably so scared of getting sick because you're like, I don't have, I can't afford and take time three days off to like lay on the couch and do nothing. But like you're, everything you said about being proactive is so good. And what's tough tell me if you agree with this, is I think entrepreneurs, like you can hear, you could listen to this podcast or other podcasts and people on Instagram tell you these same things, but it almost feels like everyone has to learn this the hard way. Like everyone goes through this themselves. You have to experience it. Yeah. And it's like, I want to help people not do that or at least like stop that feedback loop that's happening where you're like Mm -hmm. you're on that hamster wheel it's like how do you cut in get off this hamster wheel and then implement these things that provide you sustained energy and it's sustained inspiration too because I think that also comes it's such a bummer to be like not only do I not want to show up like I'm not even inspired like I don't feel like I can provide my clients with the best experience or like show up for my business the way that I really want to and yeah so those boundaries actually will provide what you're looking for, uh, but it takes that front end work. It takes a lot of intention. And here we go with our keyword discipline. Discipline. Um, and I feel like you and I actually, we didn't really plan to talk about this, but you and I have been doing this with the podcast. We've been really proactive in the last few weeks. We made like this huge plan for our schedule 
and like how when we're going to record and when we're going to edit and it provided us like actually I saw it happen in us we were like oh my gosh Same. we're so excited like this huge rush of energy about the podcast happened when we put these plans in place did you feel that oh my gosh it was crazy because we took care of ourselves we took because we were getting to this place I'm I for sure was like, where it just like felt overwhelming because we had different tasks to do and it wasn't organized. And I felt like it was sucking my energy because mm -hmm. I wasn't proactively planning these things out. So it was like, it felt like it was taking from me as opposed to me like giving freely of myself to it. And yeah, when we sat down and we really made a disciplined plan where we were like, we need to stop being so flexible to the point where it's unprioritized, which I think is easy to do in entrepreneurship where you're like, my schedule's free, my schedule's open, which pushes things further and further down the totem pole of importance, but actually pushing them up and making yeah. a disciplined plan of when you're going to do things and how you're going to do things equals freedom. Like I felt the freedom, yeah. which I would usually think having something weekly I have to do every week at this time formally pre pre 2024 in the discipline era yeah. made me feel trapped. I was a slave to that thing. And now I feel so much freer with my schedule, with my time, because I know I'm committing to you. I'm committing to our podcast. I'm committing to, to me. This is this time slot we're going to do this in. And then the rest of my week is less stressful because it's the lot lingering in the back of my head. Yeah. So Discipline is starting to feel like freedom already, literally. Like I felt felt the shift in us. And because we did that, it opened up space for creativity. Yeah. Because we were disciplined, which it's like in art or creativity or expression, it, it does discipline have a place? Like that's maybe controversial. I saw this week that it does. Like I saw this week that discipline has a place in creativity. And when you actually like set the parameters for yourself and give yourself a container, mm -hmm. then you're just like, let's freaking go. Yeah. And we did. We got just like this huge creative burst and spark. And it was awesome. I still feel it. I still feel I it do because too. We, I know. we have it's very this. fun. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't plan on that, but that's so relevant to you and I right now. It is, um, but that's but that is like relevant to burnout because your your that's part of your schedule. You're scheduling your time for yeah. what you prioritize, um, as opposed to like just trying to fit things in, and then you feel like you're putting too much on your plate. If you're taking things as they come every day, and you're not someone that's good at saying no, you're gonna be doing too many things. Mm -hmm. But if you yeah. have your schedule planned out, you can kind of look at the day and be like, yeah, yes, I have energy for this. No, I don't have energy for this when new things come up. Yeah. And I think that we talked about this a couple episodes ago, like building trust with yourself. When we talk about like commitment and being a committed person and a disciplined person, following through on what you say you're going to do is building like confidence with yourself, with, which builds trust. And I think it's fun. We're like bringing people along on that in real time because you and I have stuck to these things like these planned meetings we've had and and it's building trust and confidence and it's making it so much more fun and like that is a very new experience for you and I um in the way that we've like operated out of stuff and yeah like the podcast is it's not even like business related like you and I started this for fun and this is like a fun yeah. thing but when it intersects with our time 
and how we utilize our time for work and fun and play, it's still helpful to have those containers where, yeah, like this is the, this is the time and place for the podcast. This is the time and place for fill in the blank, like your hobbies. Like it feels so good because that designated time and area and space in your life, like you don't have to feel guilty about it. Like when you've planned it out and you know, like I'm providing myself the, the amount of time I need. Like I, I thought about like the way boundaries can serve us really positively. Cause we've kind of been talking like, okay, we don't want to burn out, but also boundaries serve us so positively where I think like if I'm trying to achieve something in business and I set a boundary where it's like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to work from nine to 11 on this piece of my business. What's going to happen is I'm going to see the fruit of that work come out and like, it's going to really inspire me and energize me to keep going because that discipline and energy I've poured into it will come back and I'll get to see like, Oh, like this is what I've been wanting. And that discipline that I put in that boundary I set has benefited and served me so well that like you keep going. And so like, that's such a better feedback loop that I think people are looking for. And it just takes like you and I, we love to just wake up and just like roll with our day, but we've been learning and we're definitely in real time experiencing like those carved out times and places like are serving us, even though we love spontaneity and we love freedom. And those are parts of our personalities. I just think it's, it's, you can't deny the way that like these boundaries are serving us so positively, even in the fun things, even in the like casual things. Um, yep. If you want to, if you were like, okay, like Will and I just like need more quality time together, like carving out and making a plan, a boundary that like, okay, we're not going to have our phones and we're going to go out to dinner. Like that kind of thing is going to serve us, even though it's a boundary we put in place. Like it's such a positive outcome for something you really need and something you're really craving, or, you know, you can apply that to your personal life and your professional life. And so boundaries can go both ways, positively and negatively. Right. Does that make They're sense what I said? Yes. No, it totally okay. does. It's like, we're not just setting boundaries to avoid pain. Yeah. 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 That's exactly <laughs> we're not, what I mean. We're not just setting boundaries to avoid pain. The boundaries also going to serve you and make you feel good too in other ways. Yeah. It's not just like stay away burnout. It's inviting yeah, yeah. in success and feel good energy too. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about like practical boundaries that maybe you and I have set in place for ourselves. Um, is there any like that come up to the top of your head that you've implemented? Yeah. Literally keeping my phone out of my bedroom at night is life-changing for me because if it's on my nightstand, I will grab it and zombie scroll until 2am. I will Mm -hmm. period. Like I am not strong enough to avoid like not pick up my phone when it's on my nightstand and I know that about myself and actually I'm gonna like I go through really strong seasons of it and then I bring my phone back to my room and I'm in a season of my phone being back in my room so, <laughs> so is we're this gonna your head- public declaration yes this is my public declaration this is my public decora- declaration um the shopping thing too the spending freeze that was yeah. another thing I'll just like shop at night I'll just like pick up my mm. phone I'll scroll I'll shop whatever for two hours. And it's like, what, what am I doing? Literally, what am I doing? Go to sleep. So, um, no, that's something that's really served me is keeping my phone out of my room. Um, even just to like wind down, like again, like preserving your energy and what, how much energy you spend, like spending time on your phone is an energetic exchange, Mm -hmm. whether you realize it or not, 
when you open your phone and you're scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, you are giving your energy to this little app that doesn't give a flying fuck about you. Like you're not getting anything back really usually that's positive from social media. Um, Usually you're in a comparison trap and you're scrolling and you don't feel good about yourself at the end when you get off the phone for an hour and your eyeballs feel like they're going to fall out of your head. So like that's obviously an energetic exchange. Do you feel drained when you leave your phone after you check it? Be aware of that. Like if you're doing that at night for an hour or two before you go to sleep, you've just completely depleted your adrenals, literally. Yes. You know? And I can feel that in my body. Like when I have gone through seasons where like being on my phone literally started, my body started to have anxiety because it was just like, this is such a negative, even if it was like work, like you could just feel like the screen relationship weigh on you. And it's like, dude, set boundaries, like set time limits on your apps. Like that's something that I'm doing. Okay. I kind of just lied and I need to call myself out. It's something I wanted to do. I said to myself, I even said it on this podcast, I think. Like I'm setting app I said, limits. I kind of just lied. No, I actually did. And I'm calling myself out. I haven't yet set them. You're uh, going to but I will set be. today. I'm going to make you do it when we get off this podcast. Accountability um, buddies. Oh, Unite. okay. <laughs> do you ever just like say something? You're like, yeah, I'm like setting it. I'm setting it. And I'm like, I haven't done that. Why did I just say No, that? yeah. That was a very human that was very human of you. Well, um, I will be setting that. You're a human. I'll do it with you. Accountability buddies. Ooh. After we get off, I'll set some limits on great. my on my apps, and we'll report Go back apps. next week if we remember. Okay, great. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I remember one of the things I was doing in the just like middle of being so freaking busy with photography is I would I would edit so much at night. Like, Will would make dinner and we would like watch a show, but like. I would just edit on the couch and work all of the time, way, way, way past like normal work hours. And I don't remember why I stopped, but thank God I did. Like, I just was like, I don't need to edit right now. Like I have done eight hours of work today. Yeah. I have. It's like, I don't think I was even telling myself, like I haven't earned time off. That's not really my relationship to like working at night at all. It was just feeling like I have to like hurry or like, be faster. I don't know. And I'm really thankful a few years ago, I was just like, I want to enjoy my evenings. Like why am I filling them with more work? And so that's a boundary that I'm grateful. Like I just stopped doing it. It's like, if here's my hot take, if you're working hours and hours into the evening after you've worked a full day already, I would think that you're overloaded. I think you have too much on your plate and you need to outsource. You need to cut back. You need to figure something else out because if, if you really can't contain how much workload you have within that, like typical, I don't know, 40 hours a week, I know that's kind of the average American thing. Like then you probably have too much on your plate and something needs to change because your evenings your body's probably craving rest in the evenings and like to veg out and just like have quality time with your family. So if you're unable to not work in the evening, like that's probably a huge sign that you need a different set of boundaries in place and a smaller workload. And like, you need to embrace outsourcing, which I personally think is a huge issue for people who like, I get it. I didn't outsource things for like years until I was like, this is dumb. Like, why am I trying to figure out my website stuff? Like freaking hire someone and invest and you will see how it comes back to you and how your time is better spent on the things like you're an expert in and let 
website and designer people and account accountants and you know what I mean? Like those people are there to serve you. Like let like hire them. It is worth every penny. And then you and actually that get to free goes up. back to your energy because that's yeah. their gift. That's yeah. their gifting. That's where it it takes less energy to give to something that's your actual passion. So mm-hmm. if you're in any type of business where you can outsource something, now you're getting to give that person what's their gifting. You get to be in your gifting. And it's just, that's that's how it should that's, be. Like you can feel how good and flowy that feels as opposed to you sitting there trying to do your taxes. Like what the F, this is not yeah. like gifting, which I don't know who's gifting that is, but bless them. <laughs> like that's, yeah. people should be in what they're good at. And yeah. And entrepreneurs I, just have this like, I don't know, we think we have to do it all. And it's like, no one no one is, I don't think that anyone that I look up to is doing it all. Like they've actually inspired me to outsource and hire and let other people, like you said, like do what they're meant to do. And that freed me up to actually feel like more inspired in my work and like be focused on like, what do I really want to be creative in and like pour my energy into. And I think that's also an unfortunate lesson. People have to like learn the hard way and if you can avoid that, please take it from us. Like you'll never regret investing in something that like is just sucking your soul out. Right. And then another one is to have set work hours, which you kind of just touched on with not working at night. But I also want to share, like, I love working at night and that is when it takes less energy for me to work. So I would just say, find your sweet spot. This actually, I can't remember what it's called. It's something type of avatar where when you have most energy in the day, I come alive at night. Like I have so much energy at night. Tyler is falling asleep and I'm just like staring at him. Like let's hang out. Like it's just like so much energy. And I remember, um, being in couples therapy actually when I was married talking about this because my ex-husband was always so mad that mm. I worked at night except I think part of that was I was avoiding him but that's okay that's a another s- piece another of that story for another day <laughs> another piece of that was that I actually just enjoy working at night and the therapist said to me maybe you just like working at night she was like have you been like that since you were a kid and I was like actually, yes, I've always loved working at night. Like even when I was a kid, I would want to do my homework really late. That's just like when I had the energy, she's like, okay, that's just true to who you are and that's okay. And that was the first time I felt like freedom in that. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, I'm allowed to do things my way. And that is the beauty of being an entrepreneur. You can form your business around yourself, right? So Ashton doesn't like working at night. I like working at night. Like find your sweet spot of time because that's going to take less energy. Whenever I sit down and make myself try and do something in the day, especially if it's like a bigger project, it's not flowy and it's like pulling my own teeth. And if I just do it at night, it's just flowing. It's flowing so okay, much easier out of me. questions from the people. Okay. <laughs> what, how does that like practically play out when Tyler comes home and family yeah. and like other events and stuff? Like how do you, I- I, I kind of know what you're going to say, but like, I guess I would want to know that from you. Like, how does that practically work out? So Tyler's also a creative and he also comes alive at night. And so that works really well for our relationship. He has a lot of projects that he works on in addition to his day job. So he comes home and he has a couple other side hustles and he's a musician. And so he creates and does music at night. So a lot of time we're doing that together. So 
honestly, that's just very like lucky for us that we yeah. both have that. Um, but we also in the past six months have become extremely disconnected because we're going like our own separate ways when he comes home and we've recently had to have conversations about that. Yeah. And we're actually going to start going to couples therapy. But some of the things that we implemented were like our podcast, like non-negotiable nights a week where we're together really connecting and spending intentional time together where we're both prioritizing that. So like on the weeks we have Kataya every Wednesday, we have like family date night and then we he and I don't do any other projects at night and we connect and we hang out and we do like this little couples workbook together. And then the weeks we don't have her, we have a very intentional date night a week and we take turns planning it. So like I'll plan it. We just started this and it's so fun because I think sometimes as a woman, you can be like, plan a date for me, like Mm -hmm. plan a date for me. It's been four years, plan a cute date for me, you know, but it's like, also I want to do that for him too. And you would think like it takes the romanticism out of it if you're like setting a routine, but it doesn't, it's been, I'm like so excited to see what date he's planning for me like next week, you know, it's like, it's so fun. And so again, we're setting boundaries within that, but you, you have to set boundaries around what works for you. It's your freaking life. You get to choose what the boundaries are for you. That's not working at night because you hate it. For me, that's making my life work around me being able to work at night because that's when I'm come alive, come alive most creatively. And so this really does take boundaries, takes huge Mm self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. You have to know what works for you to be able to implement a boundary, right? Yeah. And so if you're having those set work hours, like, and obviously a lot of people listening have families, like that needs to be communicated with your family. That needs to be something that works for everybody that works for you. And you have to have self-awareness around what that is for you, but don't force yourself, especially if you're an entrepreneur, don't force yourself into something that you feel like you're supposed to do that. That's why you're an entrepreneur. You get to do things, the thing that feels good for you. Um, and you just have to figure out what that is. I'm glad that you talked about the working at night thing. Cause it's like, obviously <laughs> that's my experience and there's people listening that would relate more to you. But w- at the end of the day, we're still like valuing time outside of work set aside for like quality time with your people and yourself. Right. And I think when you, you mentioned just like self-awareness and the thing that came to my mind was like people pleasing being super aware of the way that you tend to people please. And I think that goes hand in hand with saying yes all the time to things. And that can be such a slippery slope for people. If you're not super aware of when you're just giving in, like I remember just saying yes to things in my past. And it's like, why did I do that? Like, I didn't even want to do that, but because I was asked, I felt the need to say yes. And it's like, no, I can have a boundary and say, I don't do that. I remember like, the first time I really implemented it, this guy that we knew had like a car magazine or something. And he's like, would you come take photos of these cars? And I just remember being like, I thought for a second about doing it because of the money. And it's like, you know what? That's really not my expertise. And why would I say yes to that? Like zero inspiration from that. But I wanted to make him happy because he knew us. And it's like, no, I, I'm sorry. That's just not like, you're actually going to serve other people too. When you say no, and they get to hire someone who is meant for the job and who's really like inspired to do it and creatively fulfilled by that. Like just trust that that person will find the, the right professional to hire and it might not be you and that is okay. But 
if you struggle with people pleasing, like, oh, I know for me, it's just taken a couple years to like get more comfortable with it. So unnatural for me to say no to things, but like the more I practiced it, the better I became at saying no and the better I felt because I was creating these spaces where I wasn't like drowning and I wasn't overcommitted. And I, I stayed true to my lane of like, this is what I love. This is like what my line of work wants to be. And I'm not going to like stray from that just for like a quick buck, um, or to make someone else happy. So, right. I can't take credit for this, um, saying I'm about to say about people pleasing, but I saw this the other day where, cause I think people that have a tendency to people please, they also are very genuinely loving people too. And so Mm -hmm. what's like the difference between being kind and doing something nice for somebody? Because you could have done that for your family friend and just been nice, but you're also setting a boundary. And what's the difference and how do we know when we're people pleasing and not? And it was people, when you're doing something just to love somebody and be kind, you're doing it to give love. When you do something and you're people pleasing, you're actually doing it to receive love. And that's the difference of like, am I doing this so that they will be happy with me, so that they will love me, so that I can get love? Or am I doing this because I want to be selfless and gift love and give it to them and and give my energy to them? And if you are answering that question and it's, oh, so that they like me, so that they love me, so that they want to be my friend, that's people pleasing. It's not Mm -hmm. the action that makes it people pleasing. It's the intention behind it. And so that's a good differentiator for you guys if you're like, how do I know if I'm people pleasing or just being nice? (laughs) Like, what's the difference? You know? Yeah. That's really, really good. Um, you and I talked a little bit about like having hobbies outside of our work. Cause you said yeah. like from a young age, you just would like find something you love and like find a way to make money on it. And literally I, my theory is that men have so many more hobbies than women. And it's like a little harder for us to find hobbies that like we don't turn into work or it's just like we socialize more and it's not super like hobby focused, but right. I do think that that's a super important thing to have like things that you just have an interest in or you want to like learn and get better at that like you cannot monetize, you will not monetize. And it's just for you. Like for me right now, that's been snowboarding the last two years. Like I'm learning a new sport that I think is really hard, but Will is really good and he's been teaching me and it's something that we share together and it's solely just for fun and like the joy of you know, being on a mountain. And like, that's one of the things I'm like, I'm really proud. Like I'm sticking to this hobby. I'm learning from zero. I'm learning from nothing. I'm getting better at it. And there's just, there's nothing for it other than quality time together. And I think that that's a good, I think it's just an important part of life when you are so business focused to like have things that are just fun. That you just get to enjoy and be present with our business. I'm still looking for my hobby. That's okay. I am, it's been on my radar a lot though. Like a lot. Actually, I don't think I've told you this. I have a hobby I really want to do, but I'm holding myself off from it. What? It's um, metal smithing. Like I want to make jewelry. Oh, you would be so good at that. I know. And I would love it. Like I would love <laughs> you it, do it so much. I know, but it has a big um, upfront Ooh. cost. Big, Ooh. huge. You have to buy so many things. Okay. And so I'm kind of like timing that one because I also don't want it to be another hobby where I like buy a million things. And then like, like, don't you see yourself selling jewelry? Yes. You that's that. why I'm holding. I'm like, how could I not 
How could I not? But really what I want to do is like make my own jewelry and make gifts for friends. Like that's where it's coming from. I I don't want to start a jewelry business. I want your jewelry. I want to give you my jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) But I like have this deep desire to be a metalsmith with like beautiful turquoise jewelry. Like uh, like it's going to happen. I'm I'm holding myself off from it, but I know it's gonna happen. Um, well, let us know so that, what hobby should Carissa get into. <laughs> I know I started reading like a year ago, and I do enjoy reading, but I just need oh, and I'm trying to get Tyler to play pickleball with me. Oh yeah, but that's like, one of our that's one of our hobbies too. That's one of your hobbies. I need a pickleball partner, pe- like a uh, like a partner to our partner, like a other people to play with other oh, yeah, people like to play pickleball with yes yeah and I think I just need to be the initiator because Tyler's like I'm down but he's not like oh I want to play pickleball so maybe I just need to buy oh, us I wish pickleball we lived close together so badly. I know we'd pickleball every day Will got me a pickleball paddle for Christmas that has the Cowboys logo on it it's like my personal paddle <laughs> every time you talk about being a sports fan I'm confused and forget that it's part of your identity like I just Every Can that time, be like, when I, that's not really a hobby. You know, it's just funny. like an interest. We were recording a podcast the other day, and so I saw your outfit that you were wearing for the podcast. And then, like zero point two seconds later, after we got off the podcast, I looked at your Instagram story, and you were changed so fast into a cowboy sweatshirt for the game. That's and I was so like, funny. she literally was just not in a cowboy sweatshirt, and like you, you put that cowboy sweatshirt on in record time. Yeah, and it was like so funny. I saw it, and I was like, it's just that you're the type of person. That would put a cowboy sweatshirt on so fast for the game. I didn't. I forget that that's like a part of you. Yeah, you always seem to be stumped by this. Like, we, I think we were in Mexico together, and I was like, yes, we were laying by the pool, and I was checking the score for the Cowboys game because like, yeah, and I was like, who are you? You're like, you're like like checking the score. I was like, yeah, and you couldn't compute that like I'm that person. No, because I grew up doing going to sports games with my family because my dad really liked baseball. My brother really liked baseball. So I'm like, cool, let's go like shop. I liked going to the store at the top mm-hmm. of the stadium and shopping. And I liked the Dodger dogs and I liked getting a fun snack and just like hanging out. I wasn't really there for the baseball. I'm not checking yeah. Dodger scores, but like <laughs> yeah. that like led into your adult life. It's so funny to me. That's very funny. Me and yeah, Tyler that's... are just not sports people. It's my favorite thing about Tyler is that he's not a sports guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's so many benefits to your person not being a sports guy. So yeah. there's absolutely parts of you that I envy. Um, but on the flip side, it is it is like a fun way that I feel like Will and I can connect. Yeah, like we connect. enjoy things. It's true. And then there's it's like the, the, the non-watching sports, but like going snowboarding and like playing pickleball and um, – what else do we do? We yeah, we play basketball in our front driveway a lot in the summer and beach volleyball and stuff. But anyways, pickleball is going to be my new hobby. Watch out. It's very fun. You're going to love it. All um, right, you guys. That's about it. That's on, that's on boundaries and burnout. Yeah. I hope you learned something. I hope you can learn from our mistakes and our burnout so that you don't have the same types of burnout or as much burnout. Because it's not fun. It's not a fun thing. Everything to be. you say. Um, well, exciting news is that we are super consistently putting our episodes on YouTube now, and you can watch these on video. Please subscribe. Um, I did check our 
Spotify and some people left five-star reviews that I didn't even realize that means so much to us. So, Oh my gosh. It makes us so happy. You have no idea. Truly. We celebrate every little, th- we, we celebrate every download, every review. Like it means so oh my much. Gosh, seriously. And we are finally on Apple podcasts, which yes. the journey that Sorry we had to go on. The it wasn't journey. our fault. Her, her knee. <laughs> like I'm, when's the last time you had to call Apple support and get on the phone with somebody oh, yeah, to like yeah, actually yeah. have them help? We actually had to call people. Uh, we figured it out. We're there. I think we have zero reviews over there because we haven't been on That's true. There, so We've been if you're listening Apple from Apple and you like us and you love us and you Please leave are some love. happy with this podcast, leave us some love because it really, really helps us be able to continue to do this for you guys. Yes. All um, right. Lo- love you so much. TTYL. Bye.